Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. We almost let a third week slip by without <laughs> noticing. <laughs> I don't, I honestly don't know what happened because what happened, Rach? Why didn't we record a podcast? I think we could ask ourselves what didn't happen and what didn't happen was that we recorded a podcast. <laughs> we don't know what did happen. We just it's know not, the one thing that really didn't come together. It's not together. like our social schedule has been so packed out, you Mine know. Mine has been. When you have well, seven children at home, your social schedule is very full. I just mean, it's not like we had business trips and parties to no, plan. No, interestingly, a lot of things that we should have been doing this time of year. Speaking we of parties do. to plan, Rachel, uh, we need to decide when we're going to do a little what-have-you reception at the next rescheduled at the Grace, new Grace Agenda. agenda. Yeah, there, yeah, but we will do it. Yeah, we need to decide when, like right now, because I have to tell people for the calendars that they're getting all put together so we'll have to figure that out probably if it's a weekend together we should just do the same time we were doing what was that whatever that's work we can do off the horn (laughs) crowdsource this problem for us when would be best for you when what works for you guys at my house um so last time we we left off as though we were planning to come right back Mm -hmm. and then but here's the problem. I remember that that happened, but I don't actually so remember. We were talking about what kind we were of the saying. role of like that your doctrine is to be like doctrine is to be believed in such a way that you act on it. Like doctrine is actually mm-hmm. supposed to We're turn just, around into behavior. I don't want to be rude, but that's hardly a news flash. I mean, no, but I think it's part of the question. The question was more about like, so okay, and. It, Here's, it's just kind of the question about, um, what were we talking about specifically doctrinally joy? I think like how, how particularly what you believe affects the way you're actually acting in a way that some Christians are not accustomed to thinking of it. Like when say you would say, should I be watching this show or should I not be watching this show? Right, right. The fact that you're a professing Christian actually plays into that question. Should. Hopefully right? should. And and that your behavior yeah. and your persistence in joy and, you know, just different mm-hmm. things is doctrinally mm-hmm. driven, right? It's because you actually believe well, and it's always doctrinally driven. The The key is whether or not the doctrine you say you believe matches up with the doctrine that you clearly, in fact, believe. Right, or that the doctrine you're living doesn't match up with the doctrine the Bible gives us. But what I'm yeah. saying is these decisions are always driven by your doctrine. The question is, right. is it a buried, hidden doctrine that you would never admit to publicly, or right. is it... And I think right at the end of the episode, I was trying to say that... Sometimes people think that talking about your doctrine on this level is like a crazy overkill of um, zealousness in some strange way. But what we believe is that everybody actually, everyone has beliefs like this functioning in their life. The question is if if we were talking about the gears like the gears in a clock or something, that what drives things in your Mm -hmm. life. This is actually just another illustration of your theology comes at your fingertips is that, that every human actually has that. If someone is just choosing whatever pleasure comes their way, their doctrine is about that, right? Like their doctrine is that the purpose of life is for you to just 
get as much pleasure as you can get out so, of it. Or, for instance, somebody who, who is sneaky, you know, like is doing mm-hmm. dirty deeds on the DL all the time. They right. might say that they affirm the omniscience of God, but they don't They're not living it. Like they actually, right. like, because if you truly believe in the omniscience of God, then, then you know he knows. Then you know that you're not fooling him. Yeah, and that there's your... no and that there's no reason to think that if your neighbor doesn't find out that it hasn't been right. found out. And so in in many ways what you say on paper, what you know are the right answers, the things you talk about in Bible study groups that it'd be great if that actually matched up with the way you live. Right, and <laughs> and one of the things that I that I have talked about or written about is about how my um introduction to the life of mothering was such that it called a lot of things out for me all at one time. <laughs> and uh, I still laugh because I think when I just had one, I felt pretty competent still. You know what I mean? Like I felt, sure. I felt like yeah. I can do this. This is, I'm pretty capable. Yeah. Like I think I can, I have this handled in some way. I wouldn't have said that, but I sure. think that but in God my, hadn't gotten you to the red he line. Hadn't, he hadn't brought me to that place where you were like, yeah, I not yet am anyway. worthless. <laughs> I can do nothing. I am a miserable excuse of a mother. Um, I had just not gotten there yet. I think I was still thinking I was going to be real thoughtful all the time instead of, you know, <laughs> back when I thought this was sure. the kind of thing I was just going to achieve. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, but anyways, I've talked about this, that what it really brought out to me was that I have a statement of faith. I believe children are a blessing from God. I believe that this is Mm -hmm. great work for me to be doing. I believe that these souls matter, that this work of mine matters, and I believe that it honors God for me to live this way. Mm -hmm. But I, it was a moment where I had to notice that in the gears of my life, Something else was getting in there often to try to drive it, which would be whatever, all kinds of things that all mothers have experienced, you know, some kind of self-pity for mm-hmm. what you're going through. Well, is that consistent with believing that children are a blessing sure. from God? Yeah. No, it's not, actually. You, and you, I kept noticing places where my instincts were not my faith, yeah. right? Where my first impulse is not actually what I believe. Right. And that that is a humbling experience. <laughs> well, but it's something that I really should typify the life of a Christian. It's kind of like, oh, you know, totally. if you're cuz don't say you you're are, it keeps... sorting through I don't know the lentils or the beans before you soak them or cook them or whatever. Yeah. And you go through and you pick out a bunch like, of well, things. Well, that's gravel. Like, there's yeah, a that's piece a, of gravel. That's a rock. We're going to yeah. throw that one out. And and you should always be kind of looking at your life like that. Well, right. Like, this one needs to get thrown away. That needs to be taken out of the batch. This is a rotten apple that doesn't shouldn't be sitting no, in the fruit this, bowl. This potato anymore. is why the whole kitchen stinks. <laughs> and then this, this particular rotten tuber <laughs> is why. And actually, this that is, is a, the smell it's a really like no other good metaphor, it? though, too, because if you leave one rotten apple in the fruit bowl with the others, boy, we all know what will happen. Boy, diddly, it's a big stank up you know, in your house. But, but it, will, it will infect mm-hmm. the rest of them. It's not. It will not remain isolated. So one thing I was going to say about that is that particular moment was a really clear, that time when I had the four babies all of a sudden, that was a really... Uh, particular clear moment of 
that I had to do some reckoning amongst myself. <laughs> that was a big one. But that is, in your example, that was like a time that I did a big spring clean purge. Yeah. But my whole life is tidying up and sweeping things yeah. out and reorganizing the closet right. and trying to keep. And so it should be with our faith. Right? And it's exactly like and if house you haven't, cleaning. It is so much like it because if you haven't recently gone through your closet to notice what kinds of weird junk you have kept about body image or about whatever, well, when you revisit it, there's always going to be something that needs to be. Always. That and is. It doesn't that's matter. That's Christian it life. It doesn't matter if you thoroughly mopped. Well, in my case, the stairs. Like, I have hardwood stairs. And it doesn't matter that I wiped them all down last week, they are covered in dust bunnies again. And so yeah. it's like, you can't just say, oh, well, I got my heart right back in college and I got everything squared away back so then. So I'm set. Right. Everything There's will never been a, a challenge since that time. It in fact. will accumulate. <laughs> it will. So this is, and this is a question that I think, I, I just think this is an interesting one. I was talking with a friend about this is that for in some Christian communities, the way that we talk about sin is very lighthearted or sort of flippant. And I think if there's some sin, yes, but commonly we talk about sin as being something we would even make fun of in ourselves. Sure. Right. Like yeah. that's common. We wouldn't think it's funny when it is a grand scale sin no. is not funny at any time. Like the no. life destroying sins are never. No, you never, you never just sit and joke about it. That never fodder for a ha ha. Yeah. That your time. good friend's husband cheated on her. No, and nothing's her. funny about no. that. But the part that is disorienting is that it's true that on our podcast, we are not usually talking about sins that, um, like we don't talk here, like, oh, I'm just really wrestling with, like, I I feel like we've talked about a lot of different angles of this, but I still just want to bring it back up because sometimes oh, we did have I a think question about transparency. Yes. And I think sometimes people think that we are talking about everybody else's sins when our great intelligence on what it's like to meet your own petty heart is personally experienced. <laughs> we know what we're talking about because this is what we're doing. We're not recommending that you all clean your closets. Cause we never, cause have we've to. never had to do that. We're talking about, well, I did, I did have a thought about that. So, um, we had a question about basically why don't we share what we wrestle with and what we're struggling with and, and the things that God is teaching us and the real, like sort of bear our souls a little bit more on the podcast. I feel like so, very little has been held back on this podcast. So it always surprises that surprises me, but, but still, I just, I, I do point, have yeah. a thought. And, yeah. and I think that both of us are actually opposed to doing that in a particular way. And you're right that we do talk about stuff. You talk about, you know, we tell stories about the time that you, what was your thing about, I'll never let you have curtains again. Yeah, okay, but you know, see, those even that, that actually came up in a conversation with someone because, and the, and I just wanted, this is an aside, because I want you to say what you're going to say, but that example, she said, is an example of when you said you almost, you almost did something bad, but you didn't. As though it's like, and, but oh. the, but part of the thing is that I would say that when I tell that story, 
that I almost told my kids they could never have curtains again. The fact that I didn't say it was because, not because I didn't sin. I didn't say it because that was the moment wherein I saw how profoundly stupid my sin was. So I think I was already in sin, even though I did not yell at my children about the curtains. I just heard myself 10 (laughs) seconds ahead of myself and thought, what a profound ass you're being right now. So the thing is, though, is that, like, we do tell those stories and everything else. Yes, yeah, yeah. But we also don't come on here and say, you know, I really have been feeling down. (laughs) And I just, um, you know, like, we don't don't do that. We tend to laugh at it a little bit more. But here's, I I was thinking about this because there's a metaphor in here. So, never. We don't do yeah. metaphors. No, never. Yeah. But okay, so I've been. I hope it runs away with real us. Proud of me. I've been being so diligent on Weight Watchers. I've just congrats. Like, I yeah, I'm like tracking the points like you wouldn't believe. Mm. Anyway, I'm also doing Weight Watchers. But you know I'm what? I'm not sure I'm ready to boast about my diligence. No, I've but been I'm... so good for like oh, three congrats. weeks. Good job. Yeah, I know. I know. It's a whole thing. But here's what here's what I would like to point out. When you're on Weight Watchers and you have that app, there's that connect. Right there, you know, where people... Oh, that's like a where, social side of the, It's Watchers. sort of like a Facebookery. It's on where you Weight can Watchers. go to get bad philosophical counsel well, about your self-love. Oh, oh my gosh. Every Big other time, second. Yeah. But that's, that's not quite it. People have no shame. And they get on there and post these just terrifyingly awful pictures of themselves in their underwear. Yeah. So, and then they put it out there and they're like, I'm just being transparent. I, and you're like, stop, stop being transparent. I think, I think your some... transparency is not sufficient enough because I can see you. And, and, and the fact that we're seeing It's basically it. as inappropriate as it gets because, and I think that this is really funny. I don't think that you ought to show yourself in your in your, you know, underpinnings to all your (laughs) friends and relations and strangers and whoever happens to, I don't think you ought to do it, but here's what they, here's what they always are saying is like, I'm just being transparent right now. And I saw, I saw this one lady, like I felt really bad because I don't know, she'd lost a bunch of weight and she's like, I realized that I was making people think that I don't have any loose skin. So everyone, here's a picture of all my loose skin. And and it's like, it's like, you know what? It doesn't matter. Nobody's entitled to see your loose skin. And the the thing is, even if they have some themselves that they're struggling with, doesn't mean you should get yours out. And people think it's a huge virtue to bear themselves with no shame And they think that they're being honest and they think that, like, I'm just showing you all me the way I am. I'll tell you something that I want to get, I want to cut back on this, though. It's not just that we think that shouldn't be shown on screen. It is also that we believe that the compelling nature of people wanting to show it is a version of self-worship. But also... It is wanting to say that this ugly part of me must be so well-received... By myself yeah. and by all others. But I also think that there's something morbid 
about the audience that wants to look at that. Like we want to see, we want to see your wrinkly skin. If you're covering your wrinkly skin up, we think you're being dishonest with us. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of like, no, you, you are not How dare entitled. You, how dare you wear pants that just fit you and don't show us all your stretch marks. <laughs> right. And the thing well, is, it's is, all right if I do that. I think there, <laughs> there is such a thing as modesty and it is not a vice. It's a virtue. Yeah. So I you want, are I supposed do say, to have some dignity. I do want to say something about this. We have talked in other episodes about how Becca and I would not even talk to each other about, um, unless we were having a marriage problem that was reaching a magnificent level yep. that needed interventions from yep. people. We are not talking to each other about Mm-mm. that because that no. is a thing that is to be worked out because in our marriage and before the Lord, because you should have spiritual dignity as well as physical. Right. Di- but, but when I say that, when I say that we don't talk about it, what, that's also one of the reasons that most of the time that I see women really wanting to be like, let me share with you my burden a lot of the time that burden is your children's behavior or your husband's behavior or a financial problem that is actually related to your husband's behavior or something right. that is uh, oversharing. Not, it's not just a, like, so for me, if I'm actually having, as, as I will say, because we said you're always cleaning up, do I usually have a spiritual thing that I am working on or thinking about? Or that I got blindsided by. Like something yeah. where you're like, I thought I knew how to handle mm-hmm. this. And then now here I am not handling this like right. I should have. Right. Yes. That's the answer. I do frequently have that kind of thing going on. But even those things, I wouldn't, I would talk about freely and joyfully after the victory. Right. And, and that's what we without all the details probably. Right. Too. Oh, more certainly like in without general. Them. Because so often if you're actively being provoked, it's by someone else right. or by right. some situation yeah. that you can't talk about publicly. And if you're talking about it, you shouldn't be like, but there's, here's, here's the thing. I feel like there are two different things that get conflated. And people think that if you're not airing all your dirty laundry, that means you're being a hypocrite or, or you're, you're pretending, or you're you pretending like yeah. you are better than everybody or you're pretending you never struggle or whatever. And I just think you should think about it in the same category as clothing, right? Like, of course you have a body under there, but you don't take it out on parade because that's just mm-hmm. not how you do it right? And it is different. Like the metaphor breaks down. There is, there is something deeply wicked about those Christians who are being horrible humans at home, but they put on a good show at church. That is deeply evil, right? And we all know that that's hypocrisy, but the kind of Christian who stumbles and repents, sins and confesses, lives in the joy of the Lord. That is not the same thing. Well, it's sort of like, how dare you have an Instagram of pretty scenery instead of giving us a shot every day of your toilet bowl to see if you've been doing a good job keeping it right. And the thing is, is all of us are still on this side of glory and we all have sin that we're working through and everything else. And I think that it's good to talk about it and to talk about how to fight different temptations and everything else. But not with a, like, everyone, do you see the cellulite? Come over here. Let me shine the light here so you can get involved in business well, that's not yours. <laughs> so a lot of the time, but I do think that there's a couple things. One is the fact that we laugh about it has more to do with the fact that we actually believe 
that sin and repentance and sanctification is the work of the Christian life. Like, I'm not personally offended by finding out that we have more laundry to do. Right. Right? So that I believe that that's part of the Christian life and we can joyfully laugh and have camaraderie mm-hmm. while we all mind our own business mm-hmm. of doing the work that God mm-hmm. has given us to do. Mm-hmm. But just to be really clear, we will talk about things after we've gotten the victory on it. And I would say that if there's something that is lasting more than a hot minute for me, which this is just, I just want to say that this is a call to you all that I know we're in a unique situation with our own unique families and family members and people, but all of you be the kind of accountability to your friends that does this, because I don't think I have any avenues. Like if I had decided to get a big bad dude going about something, Mm -hmm. I don't actually have any place I could take that. Because you knew that if you called me with if a bad If I called tube. Becca, she would be right <laughs> up back at me being like, sounds to me like you're having a bad attitude. If I did that to my husband, he would be like, hey, quick update. Go pray and read your Bible. I don't want to hear about this until you have dealt with it. Like, And I think I couldn't tell my mom. I don't have friends that I would call like that. Um, and, and I don't mean, like, I want to hasten to say that if I was actually like, I'm really struggling with something, will you help me? They would be absolutely. And then I would tell them and they would say, that's pride. (laughs) (laughs) Or that sounds to me like you're a little self-important or there's. If we were to be really brutally honest, I think most accountability partners are anything but. No, they're because they're vent they're venting locations that you don't actually get a rebuke from. So or, you go Yeah, the accountability or person Or they're so busy being sympathetic. Yeah, that's what I mean. I think I think I sympathy think groups are plentiful. I'll tell you a truth is I think that to each other we are very sympathetic. But we are but the sympathy is withheld until the person has dealt with the problem. <laughs> Don't you think it's, that's fair? Well, because if you called me and you're like, I am so ticked off right now about this and such, I would never be like, I am so sorry. Like, I feel like we actually no. play devil's advocate with each oh, other way more. Like, you cannot assume that that's what's going on. And well, I think maybe okay. they think you're but, being difficult. But here's the thing. <laughs> If your kid had a whopping splinter and they brought it to you and crying and saying it hurts, you wouldn't be like, I'm so sorry. Here's a Band-Aid and a lollipop. You would have to get in there with the tweezers to be like, I'm sorry because it's not going to go away until we get this out. I did. I'm sure I've told this story before that Titus, years ago now, fell into a bush in the backyard. (laughs) And it was like a, it was a... I don't know, some kind of a villainous bush because he got a puncture wound on his hand. Yeah. Like it like cut him that he fell into this yeah. bush. And he was like, it really feels like, like there's something in there. It was a slash. So I look all through it. I'm like, yeah. I see nothing. Like I, I pry open this wound, nothing. Luke looks through it when he gets home, nothing. Titus is up like it's like a wound on his hand that he thought something is in it. And it kept him awake all night. Oh. Like, and you're like, that's so weird. So then it heals over a little bit, but not really. It looks just angry. Like, mm-hmm. it's just getting that look of. 
Yeah. Anyways, I just felt like this whole situation was like so many counseling problems. It felt like a whole <laughs> metaphor for a counseling problem. We're like, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there. And then it's like, still mad. It's still not working. So then after a little while, we took him to the doctor. The doctor roots all through it and was like, there's nothing in there. Like, it does yeah. look angry, but there's nothing in there. So then it like, it's like in this half healed, half angry yeah. situation. And then I didn't see it for a little while. Like he was kind of yeah. just making peace with his hand wound and yeah. I forgot about it. Then I see it and I was like, holy smokes, that does not look all right. And yeah. so this has got to be like, I mean, it was a ways <laughs> into this whole situation, <laughs> but we'd taken him to the doctor and we'd kind of like, we'd tried to figure yeah. it out. I take him into the kitchen and I, Run it under hot water for a little while. Mm -hmm. And then I'm just like, give it a squeeze. <laughs> and out puffs this. I mean, it was a bark chip that was like the size of a corn nut. I'm not. <laughs> it was huge. And, and it had gone. It must have like been behind a muscle uh, because three uh, adult uh. humans with tweezers had searched about for it. And he was like, it just really feels like there's a sliver in there. And then we're like, there's nothing in there. And then the body being angry and producing pus worked this bark chip up to the surface and then oh. it popped out. But I like jumped like you. <laughs> but anyways, so bad. the reason I say this is that I don't even know what, what reminded me. You it's said sliver. Because as long as it's in there, it's mad. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much sympathy you give it. Yeah. Like if I kissed that a bunch of times, yeah. nothing would have gotten better, no. but you had to squeeze no. the dang thing. And after you get it out, then you can put the bandaid on and be like, okay, now like, you know, no. but you got to yeah. get through the nasty bit where you're scrubbing the gravel out of their skin. Knee. Yeah. And you can be kind while you do it. You don't have to make it hurt worse than it needs to. But at the same time, like, you know that as long as the pea gravel is embedded in their knee, nothing's going right. to get better. Now, so sometimes I've heard from women who will say things like, um, sort of like, oh, it's just this idea that you, in order to get to peace, you have to have vented it. So this is a thing mm -hmm. that I think the mm -hmm. Christian church has just really, really been unhelpful with women in making them think that the proper process of discipleship and mentorship is that you have to go unveil the, you have to struggle and you have to struggle openly with other people around you and you have to struggle. Like you can't. It's like spiritual bulimia. It really is. Yeah, but it's almost like, you can't have a, you can't have a marriage problem as a Christian that doesn't go tell a lot of friends to pray for it. Like you can't have a, and what I mean by that, I always feel like I have to throw the qualifier in. Say you're just annoyed at your husband because he said you were going to go on a vacation and then he forgot to book it. And then he says he's too busy to do it or something like, and I'm talking about there is, there are people who believe you can't possibly move on from that unless you've brought a lot of people in to yeah. also pray for you to overcome right. your struggle with sure. this or yeah. whatever. So I would say culturally, we do not live in a place that does that. We don't, our church, I don't think is inclined towards well, our church community. I would say towards I don't introspective think, I don't type. think that that's just because of personality. I think it's because of long years of teaching. Oh, no, I know. I mean, it's not inclined to be, to, 
to be, um, Hmm. <laughs> Moses is mouthing something at us from the house window. I'm not sure what he's saying. Yeah, he's got something news. Uh, I, all I'm catching at the end is mom. Is what <laughs> I catch at the end. So I don't think our church community. It's the the teaching is the teaching that that actually we do believe in repentance and restoration as an ongoing part of Christian yep. life. So there's no denying that the sins happen, that you get no. you get annoyed at people or self-important or stupid about assorted things, but we also just think it can be it can be cleaned up as quickly as But here's the other thing though too is that that does pair with a certain approach to forgiveness as well. Yes. Which is that once it's dealt with and taken care of, it's gone. We don't just talk, talk about keep it. Talking for oh, a that'll about be that. casual. It'll be fine. That'll be easy. She's going to get out and what? deal with Moses. So I'm going to just talk about <laughs> forgiveness. Um, but it is true that if, basically, if something is forgiven, we know that Christ says that he um, puts it as far away as the east is from the west. And if Christ is willing to forget it, then surely we should also be willing to forget it. So if your husband has apologized for something, let it go. And if you find yourself going back to review the game footage again and again and again, that's your sin problem It now, has a name, even. Not his. It's an unpopular name. <laughs> Bitterness. Exactly. But the thing is, is that, like, when, when you have, like, let's say you have a bump with your husband, you both apologize, you both, you know take care of it, confess it to God, you're back in fellowship, that means it's done and you don't need to go tell anybody else about it. You you don't need to review it yourself. You don't need to think harder about it. It's just, just done. Just let it go into the past. Let it get forgotten because Christ has forgotten it. You know. I want to say something else, though, that's important. Uh, but that also that I've means said, I've said this before in, in when we've talked about marriage, but I think that there's a fundamental thing that women have to get their head around that living a home life that is not driven by and dominated by drama is actually more interesting. But for many, many people, drama is the reason for things like it is. And and I think that while it's true in personal relationships that people don't know how they could have a romance if they weren't having big misunderstandings all the time or being angry at your husband. Like if I wasn't Uh like, there's this, this, um, desire to be like, well, how boring would I be if I was just like, hi, sweetie, when he came mm-hmm. home, if I wasn't huffing about how hard my day was, right? would I even be a wife? You know, yeah. there's that, there's that kind of question. Well, but that's also true in your spiritual life. Oh yeah. That people think that you're not having a spiritual life if you're not having an incredibly turbulent spiritual <laughs> life. And, but the reality is that there is a very different kind of steady joy and, and it's not stagnant. Like the idea that faithfulness and steadiness would produce stagnant, boring mm-hmm. yeah. spiritual life. So they think that if you're really having an active spiritual life, it will be a great turbulent affair. Right. Where every day is a new near-death experience 
where you right. almost left the faith and you almost lost everything and you can't, you have no love anymore for this. And, you know, like, mm-hmm. and so there's this idea that to keep it fresh, it has to be volatile. Right. But also I think everyone has gotten pretty delicate about calling anything a sin, you know, where like if, <laughs> if you were to say, Hey guys, you're not supposed to be sulky monsters. That's a sin. People would be like, I don't think that you're being properly, properly sympathetic to those who really struggle, those who are in hardships. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't think that you're qualifying your remarks. And there are people who could take offense at this because they would not hear, <laughs> you know, and it's sort of like, and if you're not sharing all of your sins on Instagram, then we're not going to listen to you. But I, I do always want to say, I, I agree with that. Except for on the other hand, I feel like I have very freely shared my sins because like, what is loving the little years other than the annals of dumb things I thought and had to confess. So I'm saying on the one hand, it isn't actually a confession that you struggle with sin. It is the it is the solid belief that there is victory beyond that I do th- that makes people angry. Well, or can make people it angry. It can, but I also think that there is a difference there because we've talked before about how we would tell stories about our kids' sins when they were quite little, but we would yeah. never, ever, ever, ever share stories of our kids' sins. When they're old and, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. you would never hear me telling a story about one of my high school kids. Um, although, telling a story of a toddler is a totally different camp. And I think that probably... Partly because the stories about your toddlers delight them when they're in high school. They enjoy yeah, that Yeah, but so I think much. that there is a difference between the sorts of sins that we would laugh about and tell stories about. It's, it's oh, yeah, similar sure. to that. You know yes, what I mean? Yes, but I think what I'm trying there to say bigger... is that sometimes if people say, you must think that you've never sinned, I think oh. the evidence is against that. No, but I, feel I like think that's there's what I talk one about other piece, though, and that is I think that we tend to talk about the principle yeah. of how to, like, when you find yourself being a turkey uh-huh. to your husband about this, that, or the other thing, here's what you ought to do, rather than saying, yesterday... I was a turkey to my husband. You know what I mean? Like, part of that is to go abstract. Let me tell you how that happened. First of all, he just got up and did. First, you should understand that we've long had a tension regarding. And you need to know that when I when I put the new laundry hamper in our room, that we had a discussion to use it, and he said that he was on board. And I told him. And then I worked for seven hours trying to organize the laundry. And then at the end of that, yeah, and you think like, <laughs> partly that's just the most boring, boring of all possible anecdotes is how I got annoyed at someone. Yeah. It's just terrible. So, okay, I want to say, just as an example, recently I was having a conversation with someone, fairly recently, who was, you know, kind of, we're talking about some issue and. She was like, the thing I'm just really worried about, like the thing that has me really worried and whatever. Of course, this is someone that I have a good relationship with, but I'm like, so let's just back up there. Let's just talk about the fact that you're freely saying the thing I'm really worried about. Like, like, because that's very common language, but it's also true that you don't need my sympathy if you're really worrying about something you need to, like, if this is actual anxiety, worry then how does the Bible tell us to deal with that? 
And the reality is that is not popular. No. Approaches. But no. it is a wonderful, wonderful place to be with Christian friends who will do that to you. Because as it turns out, you don't want to have them have to do that to you all the time. Mm-hmm. And it is a way of sort of tightening up your own boundaries yeah. a touch. Yeah. Right? Because it's not like you and I are always rebuking each other. But I know you would if I went if I went Yeah. Bonzo. About I think something. I would be so confused. If you That's called true. me, I would be like, Rachel, I'm really confused by what's happening right now. Or you'd be like, Have you talked to Luke <laughs> about this? Like, what are you doing? What yeah. nonsense has yeah. come upon but you? But to bring this back though to joy. Because yeah. this is an this is a unpopular Okay. Go ahead. Finish what you were going to say. Well, just that, like, um, telling people that joy is actually a Christian duty, that one doesn't fly well. And because immediately you'll have the tidal wave of what about clinical depression? Do you have a, do you have a degree what about in counseling? People in actual How dare bad you? Situations, what yeah. about people who actually have, yeah, all kinds of baggage <laughs> in their life? And, and if those weren't actual issues, God wouldn't have to tell us to work on joy, you know? Yeah. And that, especially with rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Okay, Rachel. Rejoice, rejoice. <laughs> She's leaving again. No, I'm not leaving. What is oh. it? Okay. That's a big highlight. He's getting to actually play the Nintendo Switch. Oh. So he's needing to update me about how it's going. How it's going. That's <laughs> it's important. Um, but the thing is, is that, like, I, I do think that um, there are a whole bunch of basic Christian doctrines that when you put them all together, you should really realize that there is no place in the Christian life for mopey, complainy, self-pitying, you know... Well, just a great thing is is that, like, the assumption about always be prepared to give an answer for the hope that is in you. Now, that assumes an awful lot about what unbelievers will notice about a Christian. Mm-hmm. What is the overarching noticeable feature, and that is the hope that is in them, which means a very different kind of demeanor in life well, and in and, the world. And we all know the fruit of the Spirit. What is supposed to be an obvious fruit in a Christian's life is joy. joy. It's right there at the top well, of the list. Well, all of those merged love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, self-control. Do you see anywhere in there the fruit of the Spirit is vulnerability, wrestling through the dark times of sin together like those are those are modern day yeah modern day fruits of the spirit now here's the verse that everyone is going to go to if you say hey christians you should be joyful the immediate response is going to be no you are supposed to weep Weep with with those those who who weep weep. (laughs) i just had an instagram post about this and then i got a lot of I will tell you that it, it is a kind of thing that makes you go, Ma! like, and, and I, cause I was talking about how you need to point to Christ, like that Christian friendship is a friendship of maximizing Christ, that yeah. we are not minimizing 
other people's struggles to maximize Christ. But it has that effect. If someone is like, let me come, it's, a, you know, someone wants to pour out the grievousness of their problems of the day and they may be genuinely, genuinely difficult or hard yeah. things. Yeah. Well, when you point to Christ, it has the impact of minimizing it's not that you're you're not setting out to try to minimize their problem. Right. But when you draw their attention to Christ and how much bigger this is than us, some people will take that as an offense of an effort to so, minimize them. And to be clear, if, like, your friend, I don't know, is going through something really traumatic, you shouldn't go and say, Nah, it's not that bad. I've seen Chin worse. Up. Yeah, no, no, you don't do that. I've seen You're, worse. Okay, Other but, people have harder. But you this know. is what I want to say about that is that, and I did say this a number of times in the comments, like, I don't know a faithful Christian who can come alongside another Christian in a tragedy and talk of Christ and not be weeping with those who weep. Oh, exactly. Like, do yeah. you think you can really go sit with someone who's having a tragedy and talk of your dearest hope and why we think like mm -hmm. you can't do that without be weeping, like without weeping with those who weep, but that what they think of, and this is really interesting is that people think of pointing to Christ as being like a, like running by with a, you know, like one of those guns that throw t-shirts out into the crowd <laughs> of Bible verses that are yeah. just like, kind of like inanimate clunky Bible verses sure. that will just ping off their poor grieving person's forehead. <laughs> like, but the reality is that if you yourself love Christ and believe Christ, then when you express that to them, of course it is full of emotion. Like, no yeah. way could it not be. And and the duty of joy in a Christian's life is is not the same thing as saying that means you can never have a hard time because you have to be joyful. You have to put a happy emoticon face on you no matter the what. Yeah, or like yeah. you're not allowed to have any loved ones die because that would be you being sad, you know, and Christians aren't allowed to be sad. It's not that. It, it's being able to have the joy of the Lord even through terrible trials. Yes. That's what joy is supposed to be. It's not to pretend that there's no such thing as sadness or there's no such thing as a trial or whatever. And Paul acknowledges, you know, he knows how to be abased. He knows how to abound. He knows yeah. how to be full, how to suffer want. He's acknowledging all the different phases, phases of yeah. life, but through all of it, the entire you human rejoice experience in the Lord. And you, that's different than saying this situation that I have right now, this terminal illness that, that I have, it's so fun. And it's so like, different than everything giving you the giggles. Yeah. Having right. joy is not the same thing as being weirdly uh, immune to reality. Right. <laughs> but there are many faithful Christians who've been able to rejoice through terrifying situations in their life. Right. And so the point here is that that means if you're having a little bit of a blue day and you want to curl up and be sorry for yourself. Right. That's not, that's not it. That's not yeah, what and joy somebody, looks like. So in this conversation I was having on the Instagrams about this, one of the things that just overwhelms me with the kind of, maybe it brings out the, side of me that has no patience. <laughs> uh, Should we talk about other fruits? Of the yeah, let's talk about other ones. This is one, speaking of active sins that I have, no. <laughs> <laughs> this, 
this is this would is, you like to confess anything yeah to the i'm audience? here to tell you what i struggle with no that it is amazing to me to see christians say no do not point to christ they yeah. need a shoulder to cry on as though your christless shoulder to cry on <laughs> is somehow more valuable right. than than the actual truth that god gave us and people are like Someone saying they don't need people to do God talk. Like it's this, yeah. it's this demeaning sort of like the comfort of our faith is nothing compared to another person who's also not trusting Jesus <laughs> weeping with you uncontrollably. Well, and I would say that one of the temptations, whenever you're in some sort of moment of affliction, right? One of the temptations is to turn and snap at all the people around you. And you're not doing it right. You're not comforting me right. You're not, you know, whatever. And that is something that like, if, if somebody else is doing that, you know, you bear with it and let love cover it and whatever. But you should really fight in that, fight that tendency in yourself, which is if you're, if I'm having a sad time, everyone else has to do everything exactly the way I want it because I'm the victim here. Yeah. And so they need to comfort me the way I specifically prescribed well, for them to comfort that's been me. a new it's been a hot new trend over the last couple of years i think maybe five years i don't know uh and i think it's been the case in many women's ministries is that they're like we're going to study how to help the grieving yep. but we're studying like a random book by someone who's going to explain to us how when they were grieving christians did a bad job <laughs> here's what the christians should have done and you can have no trouble at all finding the articles all over the internet that say yeah. how you should talk to someone who went through the, this or what not to say what to and say of course, how to people do this people are going to be people are going to be real bad because yeah, they always you, are but you have to universally <laughs> but you have to back up all the way and see that what is important is not how exactly you said what thing it's that did you love jesus with all that you have and in that loving of christ did you try to faithfully extend that to someone else and the reality is i think most christians have been on the receiving end of that where it was really clumsy and yet still yeah. totally lovable because you knew where it was or coming from. times when it was clumsy and, and it wasn't and lovable actually at all. completely stunning. In its yeah, and, and you know what you have to do when Christians <laughs> do that? You got to let love cover it. And yeah, you and got I actually, to, you got actually, to just, just let it bounce off you and be like, well, that was completely outrageous that yeah, they my just husband, said that. My husband is really good at the sort of the pause and the, well, you got to love the body. <laughs> When they're the moments where, where you would like to maybe be like, what? You're instead like, yeah, people, look people, at that. Look at, look at that. People look at say things that are outrageous all the day long. They, they just, do. they just do. And, and awesomely, sometimes it's funny because as much as we all have to put up with other people saying outrageous things, other people are having to put up with us saying things exactly. that are not floating yeah. their boat perfectly at and, that time. And I just think, you know, nobody's going to be um, performing at 100% all around you <laughs> all the time. <laughs> and you have to just kind of be willing to, to roll through it. You have to be willing to just kind of live. I, and, and there's a certain amount of, like, you know, if you're driving through 
a bush. Roll the windows up. Don't let all the branches come in and whip you in the face. Like, okay. And when so they... one drives through a bush, <laughs> so... Becca has good counsel. <laughs> you know what I was what picturing? What bushes does a person I was picturing drive through? a road in England. <laughs> I, think, I think you're picturing a narrow lane where the bushes have grown into <laughs> A hedgerow on both sides. And yeah. if, you're, and if your windows, windows were up. down, yep. you would be getting cuts. <laughs> <laughs> when driving through bushes, as one is or wont to do. driving through country lanes in England. <laughs> I would say here up. it's out on the dirt roads when it's really dusty. When you yeah. see other cars coming and you're going to be in a total dust bomb with gritty teeth, roll the windows exactly. up. Don't exactly. Don't do it. So, I don't know. I just think there's a certain amount of, like, don't turn and start being the police of how everybody else is treating you. But I also think I just always am wanting to call people to have some imagination because here's the thing. And your, when I was talking about that drama and the drive for drama and conflict, mm -hmm. there is a requirement in life for drama and conflict, but we know that somewhere and it's misplaced for many Christians <laughs> that the the conflict should be between light and darkness, right? It's between, yeah. it's God's kingdom moving out in the world. It does not need to be happening day by day <laughs> in your own home. Well, I'm not we saying we don't all have that choice. Maybe there is a battle of light and darkness in your home. But my point is that there's also a lot of manufactured grievances from people who don't appear to realize that if you that there's conflict outside that is God's purposes like there is a glorious story with a glorious conflict and a glorious resolution it's just not the one about your sock camper and it's such. just the thing is, is she's not it <laughs> we are called to fight against the world the flesh and, and to the fight devil. the good fight and to be a good soldier for Jesus and not to turn on our nearest and dearest and fight them with all the vim and vigor that we can <laughs> But also that yearning for the big story and the big everything. Sometimes it's like we're not, we're not getting a chance to see beyond our own petty dramas to the much bigger stories that God is working. So that fear that I think people have about heaven too, which is really funny that it's going to be incredibly boring. Yeah. Like as though the God who created this world yeah. would think that sitting around in a robe in a beige universe <laughs> would be delightful for eternity. We And we're all like, I have a better imagination than that. It's just ridiculous that we think that God right. would do something less than what Duller. we, his creatures, can imagine. <laughs> but I think yeah. given that, that whole, we think it would be boring if we just were monitoring our own attitudes such that they never gave rise to a squabble with our husband over something that we were... Like, if we're kind of annoyed at something, yeah. and then you're like, well, I could just rub this in his face, and he would feel yeah. bad, and then that... Well, what if you just didn't? What if you yeah. instead were... Well, you know those moods you can get in for whatever horrifying reason, where you just... It's like, I want... To have a big I'm ready to throw it down mess right now, <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I will say that very quite recently I had that sort of it was a total out of shape 
moment where you're like, we've been in quarantine too long and I forgot the basics of what happens in these times <laughs> when we start easing back into sure. normal life. I was like, right. this is something I know, but I'm having suddenly the temptation to, to be like ready to rub everyone's faces in what they haven't done for me lately. <laughs> or, where you want to be yeah. like, and I see your socks on the floor over there, and I know right. it's malice. It's malice that you did that. <laughs> you know, you're like ready to really let it rip. Well, I had this moment where I see that. I see clearly my own heart's desire to start saying things that I should Just not say. Start I, a rumble in yeah, the house. Start a little. <laughs> I'm, re- I'm ready to give you all a little piece of my mind. And then, and then right after that, I didn't, I knew, I recognized upon feeling the feels of my heart (laughs) that this was not going to lead anyone to a more rewarding situation. (laughs) So I stomped on my own toes and made myself like, like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I will not do that. Well, then we had this sermon. It was so great. Um, but dad said in the sermon, some part about like how, why do we sin? We do it because of scratching some itch. There is something yeah. that we like yeah. in the sin. Yeah. And I was trying to think about this in as it's applies. a really perverse pleasure <laughs> so because, because it's like, does anybody really enjoy it? No, but, that, but, but I realized, I realized what <laughs> it was, which is that my, cause I was trying to think about it because I thought, well, I hate it. I hate it when I'm being snarky at the kids and the like there it isn't fun to do. No. So it's not like it's not like eating a brownie. It's no. doing something no. quite more painful. Like why? No, you never put it on your like I'd love to go get a pedicure <sighs> What would sometime. be great today is if I could snork off at the family. <laughs> if I could get a lot of tears going in and the I'd house. love and I would love if I have to come back and repent to everyone yeah. and get yeah. it right. Well, I was and thinking blow about most of a Saturday on it. <laughs> <laughs> so I was realizing that for me, what had happened in that instance was actually more of a like, it was the last, you know, the final 20 minutes before people are supposed to be there where I realized that what is it, what is, what pleasure would that be indulging, right? Yeah. Like what possible pleasure? Cause I knew that it wouldn't be fun. Right. So I don't know why. And I was trying to think about, I know it's true and I realized what it is. The pleasure it would be indulging would be in separating yourself. We'd reach the point in the in the day where you know you will not actually have things ready like you wanted them to be. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. You actually know now that people so are coming like, to your house with smudgy glass. So it's That's like ejecting how it's, from the airplane? I think it is like saying... I'm going to get myself out of here so that I do not, because if I stay calm and I accept the way things are and I continue to be loving to everyone without rebuking them about it, then I am actually owning the situation as mine. Whereas if I become randomly combative, the smudgy (laughs) windows are their fault. Yeah. Not mine. Like right. it was me trying to get myself somewhere oh, yeah. else. Oh, yeah. And and praise the Lord, I've had I've had enough experience with being that snort toot of a person <laughs> that I knew I did not want to do it. Right. right. Like I've I've done that right. enough times in my life to know that that is yeah. it is the way of no reward. Nope. <laughs> nope. No. <laughs> uh, because who doesn't want to have to have a meeting with your husband <laughs> in the bedroom right before the guests come for <laughs> For him to tell you to cool your jets. (laughs) So my, my, here's my point. My point is that 
sometimes it's really helpful to think through why would I choose that drama yeah. when what I wanted was for our house to be more together for company. Most oftentimes it is a it is a big um I don't know, you're trying to deflect attention <laughs> away. It's you're trying can't to create it can't a be my fault. we want to create a diversion elsewhere. From... Yeah, and why you'd be why you would be more <laughs> pleased if everyone didn't think it was your fault that the glass was smudgy. But they'd <laughs> love they it'd were... be good if they could think it was your fault that you had a family meltdown. Yeah, that all the kids are walking around <laughs> looking a little gun shy. <laughs> That can't be my fault either. We're all doing really well there. Anyways, all of that is just to say it's helpful sometimes to evaluate why would I want to indulge that pleasure? What is it that would make me, like, for instance, if you want to vent all of your sins to a friend, what would make you want to indulge that? Does it make you feel serious or pious or... No, it makes them say, no, you're not that bad. Well, maybe, but it is also true that it might be kind of a, a little... <laughs> Siri didn't get that on my Apple Watch. We just got, I don't get that. <laughs> Could you try again? Try again, right? Anyways, all this is just to say that the idea between walking faithfully all of your days is going to be the same kind of work as housekeeping and just maintenance. Like, it's yeah. like keep a garden all of your days. Like, Work all of your days before the Lord and for his glory and with his guidance and try to make trust it better. him, but, and trust him that his, that obedience actually yields beautiful fruit Yeah. instead of just kind of following your own heart, you know, to yeah. whatever sort of evils it is inclined. Exactly. All right. Well, we now we have to, to go pick our kids yeah, up. Yeah, we do so have to pick kids up. We gotta up. go. And we're not even going to give a tip. Are we going to give a tip? We can't because I'm almost late to pick okay, the kids yeah, up. So. I am too. So. All right. Well, we'll guys, see it's later. been great. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.